Hey, Marshall. <laughs> Listen to you. You sound worn out, Shank. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a little nap before we go to the banquet here tonight. So, in motorhome. <laughs> ah, yeah. I can't believe I'm talking to my pal Mike. He's an Indy yeah. 500 winner. What? That's a pretty cool day, man. Pretty cool day. Dude. No, no question about it. You made the world cry, Michael Shank, but they're happy tears. <laughs> yeah, no, we've, Marshall, I got to tell you, so many people have reached out. I mean, it's just incredible. And uh, when I, my wife and Ellie and his wife rode around in a Camaro convertible around the track. Nobody left the stands, and they all cheered for him for a half an hour. It was unbelievable. I mean, it felt like real history, to be honest with you, you know? So it's a great thing. I don't even know where to start. Uh, well, let me say thank you as always to Cooper tires, Toronto motorsports.com and pretty cool. I would say as well for dear friends of yours and mine on your cars as well with logos at justice, the justice brother family, justice brothers family carried them into victory lane for the second time. Uh, wow. Just holy what? Um, <laughs> so of the random many things that came to mind, Mike, yeah. the last time a sports car team <clears throat> went to Indianapolis and won, right? And okay. okay. it's been a while. I mean, and talking about the evolution of your team, Going back to the the late '90s and such, early 2000s, uh, Atlantic team, open wheel team for sure. But then there yep. was a pretty hard pivot there to sports cars for a really long time. Not saying Michael Shank Racing doesn't have deep open wheel roots, but when we're talking about you, Jim Meyer, coming to the Speedway for the very first time in 2017, y'all were coming in as a sports car team hoping to set roots in open wheel the last team that that comes to mind with i think might be rp right setting up right. sports car right. team in the 60s branching out into the 500 i mean this has been a, a pretty crazy route for you to think of where you started where you ventured to what you've come back to does all that stuff swim around in your mind of how far you have come to get to where you are here mike yeah it does um uh- we talk about it uh, often, uh, how we got from A to B to C and, and where we're at today. And uh, it's pretty amazing. I, I, it, there's lots of reasons why, to be honest with you, that add up to one great thing. But, you know, I think the best thing is, is that uh, I had a you know, conservative partner and my wife. So financially, we were very conservative. We also, on top of that, made some timing decisions perfectly. So we got out of Atlantic when Atlantic was uh, very difficult at the end. We got into Daytona prototype when it was in its infancy, and Jim Jim France put his arm around me and my wife, and and just never let go. And you know, and again, another critical piece. Um, 2018, you know, we sold a piece of the business to Jim Meyer. Another critical piece. It's been very planned and very structured for sure, um, but uh, you know, well thought out, I think. Um, just from me watching a lot of people and how they do things and success and not success and people that come in the sport, get out of the sport, the common denominators on why maybe they leave and, and, and try not to repeat that or do that, you know, and, uh, 
And, t- and, and, I, and at the end of the day, I mean, her and I have this thing, and now Jim's involved, and Liberty Media, who were here this weekend, uh, are involved. But, you know, the people that have been here, you know, we have, we have at least 10 guys that have been here 20 years. Yeah. And uh, we do have some newer guys, too, because the place has expanded so much. But I think loyalty, the way we treat people, we try to people treat people with respect and uh, give them a place they can work and not have to shadow them. And they, we trust that they do their job at a high level. And um, I listed four or five things there, but that's you know, honestly how we kind of live by, you know. The intentional way that you've done this, Mike, you and I, I mean, I think this is your 15th time on the show, by the way. So we talk okay. about it every time. So I apologize yeah. for those who've been here since your first appearance, but nonetheless, the intentional man and, uh, manner that you and your wife have gone about growing this team it's yeah. really one of the great unsung success stories. You aren't uh, silver spoon in mouth uh, Michael Shank from Nottingham or Hollywood or wherever, <laughs> right? right? You and your yeah. wife, total. Do we mortgage Midwest, the house? Do Midwest we average people? You know, right? Do we sell yeah. kidneys to to get that <laughs> new, you know, uh, tractor trailer? Maybe that's a side we, we should dive into with just a little bit again, knowing that there's some folks who are getting to know you for the first time. Tell yeah. us a little bit about this. Hey, we got big dreams, but we're not going to be stupid, and we're not really going to rely on hope. We're actually going to put our smarts forward here and craft a plan and work it. Right. You know, it all starts with a solid, you know, you got to have, you got to make financial sense. And, and, it, and it was tough because as a driver, I spent every single dollar that her and I had early on in our lives, every single dollar. Right. And it got to the point where it just didn't make any sense anymore. And by what MB, she, she did it willingly for a long time. It just, at some point, it's just not fair. Right. And, and plus, honestly, you know, I was average to maybe slightly above average, but that was it uh, talent wise. Um, but there was, I I didn't want to have to go get a real job. That'd be terrible. Right. So, um, you know, how can we still make a living, still get what I want out of racing and her and I can kind of go on our way. And we've just taken this ultra conservative approach, which we still have many of those things in place today, to be honest with you. Um, times are a lot different now, of course, and our group is a lot bigger. We're up to 50 people and so on and so forth. But, uh, we still try to try to behave in that manner as much as possible because it's kind of what what's got us here now, you know. And uh, yeah, it's 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 absolutely been great. But also, people again, people uh, that we've kept for very and they wanted to stay because you know we made a nice place for them to work. I hope, and um, and and they also recruit other people when we need them, you know. So you got into one thing I was going to say for a little bit later, but let's go there now. I was pulling up a photo last night of a certain Michael Shank driving yeah. a red number 23 Neenhouse Motorsports yeah. Riley and Scott chassis at the 1997 Las Vegas Indy Racing League. I think it was the season finale. It uh, was that year, yeah. Right? Yeah. Merrill, uh, Merrill's the sponsor on the car. That's right. That's right. Riverside Ford and something or something or other superior electric. There are, I think a lot of folks, Mike, who might not realize that you aren't just a IndyCar team owner. You have one IndyCar start on your resume. 
Can you tell folks how that came together? I know the race didn't go great. We talk about it a lot, but you're a guy who you're not just the timing stand guy or the owner guy. You raced in an IndyCar race. Yeah, we did. You know, we just, the year before we had won uh, a C2 Atlantic championship, which is pretty, you know, that's all we could afford. Again, I didn't have the money for it. RT41 at the time. Uh, I just had the old DB4 that we updated a little bit and uh, we did well with it actually. And, 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 and what that caused was, you know, that next year we, we bought a Ralt and ran a client in a Ralt, you know, and that kind of led to that, right, which is as it was meant to be. However, in the meantime, we found a, a guy uh, that decided to come on board and help us financially to try to do an IndyCar race. And, that's, and, that, and that ultimately ended with us doing uh, Las Vegas together. And um, it was a tough experience and all that. And um, um, I don't know, kind of ruined me a little bit, I, I suppose, in a lot of ways, but uh, driving-wise. But, uh, you know, listen, that was the goal to get the IndyCar, and we did at least one. Finished P16, Michael Shank, yeah, behind it, you. And we're not going to get into whether they crashed or the engines blew up. Doesn't matter. They're behind you. Jeff Ward, Johnny Unser, yeah. Kenny Brack, whatever happened to that guy. He never went anywhere in life. Only won the Indy 500. Um, Eddie Cheever, Billy Boat, some guy named Ari Lyondyke, Sam Schmidt, uh, Greg Ray, who was my guy in that race. Uh, sure, you even sure. beat Jack the Dentist Miller. Right? So That's true. All P16. True. You know? Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, Indy 500. I mean, Colton Herta finished 16th in the Indy 500. What am I saying? You're as you were as good as Colton Herta. Yeah, well, no, uh, no, no, that's, no. That, that's what that's what we learned. Uh, that's what I learned quickly. It, or it took me some time, obviously, to get there. But you know, when I first got in, you remember, uh, you know, guys like you know, I ran Sam Hornish in Atlantic, and we were at Martin Basso, and some guys that had real, really big talent in different areas. And uh, I finally recognized that my ego calmed down a little bit, and uh, was getting what I wanted out of it, just kind of running the team, you know, and then building the team. And that's, and that's, that's the course we took. And, uh, you know, our big, our big, our big apex, you know, crossing the road was actually when we did the sports car thing in 2003 and four, four, I guess it would have been. And that year we came out, uh, Chip Ganassi came in, Wayne Taylor and Bill Riley came in with the team. Um, we all came in at the same time and, uh, it created a platform where, teams could do well because the rules were pretty tight for the for that time you know so you know the first race we did together we finished third oswaldo negri and uh, burt Fursell, and we ran in homestead of 04 and we're like okay we got a we got a home here and uh, boy it really uh it really paved the path to a much better place for us from a business standpoint let's stay there for just a sec mike and again i'm just going to bounce around all over brother because your life and achievements have not been linear so i don't know why i tried <laughs> to ask linear questions no problem so you have liberty media involved in terms of the the foundation beneath meyer shank racing you've got jim meyer there which is amazing we should roll the clock back a little bit though and whether it's uh partners whether it's drivers, for example, uh, throughout the team's history who, you know, made solid financial commitments that allowed you to build and grow and expand. I'm thinking back to Mark Patterson's. I'm thinking to the amazing John Pugh. I'm thinking Brian Bailey and such. Again, for those who maybe don't know the full uh, MSR arc, can you talk about some of those who really helped get you to where you are today that maybe weren't necessarily standing next to you in victory lane. 
So the first one that really, I mean, Brad Fursell was the first one to really make sure we had the, the budget. To, we didn't have a lot, but we had enough to survive. Brad was the first. Uh, Paul Mears was the second. And that was the big step because we had, uh, we got to move to the Riley chassis then, which really changed our world in that category at the time. And uh, then it went from there. Met Mark Patterson through Oz Negri. Patterson brought Pew. They spent a combined 12 years with us, I yeah. think. All in, something like that. You think about what I'm saying. They they paid to go racing for 12 years. And uh, and we and I think, you know, we got some wins in there and did some really cool things. Uh, and um, it, it just put this solid base under us. And, uh, and we just were able to kind of, now, you know, those deals are year to year most of the time, right? And so every year we're out of business. And we just assumed that it would always work out, and it kind of did. But we've always, I think we even act that way a little bit today. We, we, were, we were raised on you're out of business every single year, so you run your business that way. And, um, and, and that's probably what also saved our ass numerous times. But uh, uh, we really had to worry every, you know, you talk to a bank to get a loan, and you tell them the, the cash flow model, and they look at you like you're crazy. Like, <laughs> why would we ever give you a loan? And it took my wife and I probably, I don't know how long, twice. She's sitting here next to me. I bet you we couldn't get a loan for 10 to 15 years, would you say? And when we did, we had to put our house up. And uh, we did that. We put our house on the line for the first 10 years of the Daytona prototype, I would say. Um, but that was, you know, it was an accepted risk for us, right? Um, at, at some point, you kind of get comfortable. You know, we're pretty good at this. We treat people well. They seem to want to come back around. We get some decent results. Uh, and that kind of drives business, you know, and, and we took calculated risk to, to buy kind of major assets, trailers and cars and that kind of thing, you know. Another thing I'd love to talk about a little bit, Mike, which we've covered on the podcast plenty of times before, but now there's new context to it. Hey, you were an early adopter of this new Delara DW12 chassis and this new turbo formula that IndyCar went to in 2012, you bought a chassis, you were ready to yeah. go. You couldn't get, because you were small or unknown or a variety of reasons possibly, couldn't get any of the, the major engine manufacturers to say yes to give you something competitive to start this journey in 2012. Not so much talking about looking back on, ha ha suckers, because things worked out okay for you, but curious with a little bit of hindsight did that just piss you off and add fuel and make you go i'm gonna get there and uh someone's gonna pay for not for doing us a little dirtier how did you use that because i know you you use motivation in a lot of different ways yeah so in 2011 or 2012 brian bailey and i got together and i talked my wife into letting us get an indy car to see what we could do with it and at the time, I would have guys like a great example is like Jay Howard or Steph Wilson, guys that are trying just to do the 500. They have some money. We have some money. Series helps a little bit, maybe. And, and we kind of put this one-off deal together to run the 500. And that was the, that was a way that we kind of forced ourselves into IndyCar. Get there. Let's see what happens. Let's see what comes. Now, the interesting part about that is we got the car secure, but you remember, of course, the motor situations back then. And, and Honda and Chevrolet, I didn't have my, I had a Ford relationship in sports car. So that, that didn't help me at all on the IndyCar. And, and Honda and Chevy were absolutely full with a brand new engine concept, right? Um, 
and Lotus was the only one there. And at the end of the day, for us to, I wasn't comfortable extending ourselves anymore with a Lotus motor because we, we could just see the chaos in the background. Yeah. And, um, and we chose not to. And we had some opportunities that we could have been out there. After that happened, and I felt, I don't know, it, I, at the time, looking back on it, I was upset that we couldn't get a, a, a Honda or a Chevy. I was upset for sure. Um, and we decided to sell the, sell the car and just refocus on what we know is successful. And that's what we did for the next, you know, five, six, seven years before 2017 hit, you know. Um, but, you know, Sam Schmidt bought the car. I don't know if it's one of his tubs and his fleet anymore or not. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, I, you know, and we took, you know, we, we took a loss on that too, just to get it out of our life. So, um, it was, a, it was definitely better taste for a while, but again, I'm finding out the order I get things work out exactly how they're supposed to. And, um, and, and just try not to stress so much about, you know, some of this stuff. So, amen. Speaking of chassis, <laughs> I got a text from some guy named Michael Shank last night at what would have been one twenty four AM Eastern. <laughs> yeah. A lot on my mind. Uh, telling me that, uh, there's a maybe you could just share that little story about the uh, the chassis that uh, Elio drove into victory because you know uh, the the team that owned it in the beginning they're not here anymore but who knows maybe uh, they've got a cool story to tell that at least they have a link to an Indy 500 yeah. winner now. Well, and I got a I got a nice text from Elton Julian today saying they were following it the whole time they were real fired up it was a car that Ben Hanley drove last year. And, uh, and, and, you know, the, you know, we need, we did the steel to run six races and we needed to find a car and we're trying to figure out economically what's the best thing to do. And because someone I know on this podcast, uh, knew something <laughs> I called, I called, uh, Elton and we, he and I were able to put a deal together. And, you know, if you looked on the pit lane, we had his timing stand and his fuel rig and just rebranded, you know, and, uh, and the car ran, uh, and it's a pretty special car. I'll tell you, it really is. And, um, uh, you know, we're not going to retire quite yet. Good. Yeah. We're going to hold on to that one. couple more here, Mike, and then, uh, we'll let you hopefully get some rest. Cause you sound like, I don't know if you've been to sleep. I should have asked <laughs> that. You've been to sleep yet, Shank? Yeah, we have, but not much, not yeah. much. Plus we had photos all, all morning today, you know, so. your voice just tells the story. I love it. <laughs> so the one topic that we never, never ignore, uh, on the show bush bush beer bush light it's the it's the official drink of michael shank the heck with the team as a human being it's your (laughs) now you have been sponsoring them for decades right they've made millions off of you there's no question my group my crew and the group that i live on that lake with that's the beer of choice for the most part the amount of people who took delight in watching the broadcast yesterday you standing on or near the yard of bricks with Elio knocking back a bush light. Uh, that has become one of my favorite memes already from the race. Tell me about that. Cause I have to believe in the back of your mind. There was a, if we ever win this damn thing, I'm going to go out to the yard of bricks and knock back a bush light because I can't believe that just happened randomly. No, well, there was, someone did go grab it and put it in my back pocket when we were out there on the front straightaway, and I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, we might start now. So, but that's not even the funniest story. So, 
we're just sitting here just going over lots of texts from just great well wishes. And our niece just showed up at our house to deliver a car back for us and all this. And she's like, she put us on FaceTime. She says, you guys are not going to believe this. She turned the camera to our front porch in Ohio. And there's how many cases? Six, 16, 30 packs stacked up in a domino or in a pyramid on our front porch, brand new, ready to go <laughs> <laughs> from, from the local, from the local Anheuser-Busch distributor in Eastern Iowa there, you know, so we'll have plenty of bush light for a while, you know? I mean, I don't, do we even need to ask who's sponsoring Elio's car next year at the 500? <laughs> I, th- would, I think that would make some sense, right? I think that deal's already done. Yeah, it would it would make a lot of sense, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, listen, we, we enjoy the product, <laughs> and uh, and we kind of talk about it sometimes. So live live your best life, Michael Shank. Let's yeah. uh, let's close on this topic, and uh, it's a little more serious. But uh, oh. talk about plucking at the heartstrings. So if we just go back to some off season conversations, and I don't feel bad, I don't feel like we're uncorking any super top secret stuff but mm-hmm. you and i had a lot of talks about you know hey you're gonna go to two cars got a couple options on who you might put in the thing you were yep. thinking should we go young i know oliver ask you as someone you were th- yep. you know considering as you should that kid's you know freaking rock star should we go a little older should we go you know serious veteran elio was coming to mind you went with Elio. Obviously, we can look now and say, boy, was that the right decision. But I also love, Mike, looking at so much of this 06 Honda entry in race engineer Mark Bryant, for example. And yep. I'll, I'll brag on him for a moment. This kid's as talented as they come. Won the Indy Lights Championship with Pato Award. Then was with Pato when he knocked it, blew everybody away in that first race at Sonoma at the end of 2018, yep. he got moved, worked with Marco uh, at Andretti, then got moved partway through last year over to Zach Veach. I just external opinion. I'm not speaking for him at all. Cause I, I have never asked, but I don't think he was necessarily done properly. I think got a little bit of a raw deal. Um, he gets attached to, I guess you could say the lowest totem pole uh, program, right? The part-time entry all the way you know this extra part-time entry well mark gets kind of pushed off to that here we go he and elio right away click are finding amazing speed win the freaking race we give my old pal matt swan a hard time but swanny's wife liz gets a job uh in in columbus they move out that direction uh, I'm telling, you know, he's like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm like, call Shank, you idiot. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to, he's going to regret it, but I think you two would get along. Well, you guys end up doing great stuff. Swanee wins his first race as a crew chief in IndyCar ever. And it's the 8500. Adam Rovazzini yep. comes over to you from Ganassi, does amazing stuff as a mechanic. He gets bumped up doing great work as a strategist. Tell folks a little bit about the story of those on the 06 car plus i guess the team in general not everybody brother was necessarily the uh first draft pick you know elio looking for work bryant looking for something swanee looking for there are a lot of folks who weren't in positions of real strength to say start the year 
but boy, what a magical collection of people who came together on Sunday. The group has uh, been around all the guys in this position. There's only, there's two people, including Matt that work full time on that car. So it's a, it's a, uh, guys that are you know, day contractors, but very experienced and very, very good. And we're committed to seeing something cool happen. And that's half the battle. If you get them all convinced and pushed in the same direction, you know, Saturday morning, they were over at Andretti's practicing pit stops, which is typically a day off for all, everybody around here, right? Before the race. Wow. Saturday morning, they were over there pumping out reps because they don't do many. Cause to be honest with the MSR doesn't own a pit stop car right now. So, you know, we get our reps during the weekends or if we go over to Andretti's and use their stuff. So uh, they were over there committed enough to make sure they didn't cause a problem. And they didn't. They were very consistent and did a great job all day, especially on that money shot at the end of the day. At the end of the day, that last stop was 34-0 or something. And I kept watching the numbers and watching the video. And I'm just like, man, they're just doing it. They're just they're in a zone and, and just stand back. Let them do it. And uh, But the people, you know, the, the people thing is really tough because, you know, hire someone full-time in any business is a very expensive proposition. And not only that, you have a responsibility to make sure you keep them employed. And uh, since we're in Columbus, Ohio, it can be tricky to get someone to be in Columbus. So, you know, we've been relying on kind of day contractors that we fly in for these projects. And, and 90% of the time they work out great. And we happen to have a great group on this. Uh, Matt also is originally actually hired as my shop manager and really helped me build this new shop we're building that he's also in charge of. And uh, then we laid this on him also, and it's been an interesting challenge to see him kind of rise up to that and take care of people. He's a people person. He's, you know, he, he you know, he talks to guys. He, he puts his arm around them when they need it or kicks them in the butt when they need it. And, um, and it's been great for the team so far. It's just nuts. I have to imagine from Penske to IMSA people to you name it, your phone, you probably had your phone plugged in the whole time to, to deal with the uh, battery drain on all the texts <laughs> and well wishes. Every it's single one of them for you and your wife, and she never gets enough credit. I know she <laughs> doesn't want to be the, the frontline person and whatnot, but the two of you, husband and wife, along with the partners you've taken on. I mean, you are, brother, if we're talking IndyCar, sports car, you're the people's team. You've always been, a, you know, we say it jokingly, but seriously, you're the people's team owner. You're one of us. You are, are as real as it comes. I think on top of Elio getting number four, some of those tears that the world was shedding yesterday was realizing that one of the all-time good guys, one of us, did good and so yeah, i appreciate it. that's very nice very kind of you and uh we're very fortunate and feel very lucky and all that stuff and we'll and we'll continue down this path for a while bush pick up the phone okay i mean this should be a full-time deal right full-time <laughs> uh brother well, congratulations we'll see, who knows? maybe it'll you know who knows but uh but listen we're, we're gonna find other ways to get partners involved that want to be involved and by the way, they were all here this weekend. All the CEOs and chief folks were all in. They got to be. They got to rise on the platform up to the main. You know, that, that's all just so cool. And um, you know, I think they're pretty happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you're you're not going to get much better than what happened the other day.